everyone, and welcome to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook on Blue Wire Pod. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, with my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. This week's guest is the Athletics' Ted Wynn, and he has joined us to talk everything Jared Goff, the Rams, Jalen Ramsey, the Broncos, the Patriots' defense, pretty much everything that happened this week in the NFL. So let's get to it. All right, so much to talk about today. First of all, Ted, welcome to the podcast. And Steph, hello. Nice to talk to you again. Of course, we talk Thanks like every time. On, but... Hey, girl. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> yeah, Steph and I, this oh, is old hat. <laughs> <laughs> We're all so excited to talk about football that we just cannot contain ourselves. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have that. We will jump in. There are three undefeated teams left, one of them being the 49ers that had the real benefit of not playing this weekend, um, which honestly is not a bad way to go if you want to stay undefeated. So you have the NFC West leading San Francisco 49ers right now and NFC leading 49ers, and we will talk more about that. Of course, the Chiefs and the Patriots still undefeated. So let's jump right in. Ted, I'm going to start since we just I just said the 49ers are the NFC leading even though of course I'm joking they're just they're the only undefeated team. Let's start by talking about Jared Goff and the Rams. Is there reason to be concerned? I know we are still very early in the season and I believe last year at this time everyone was concerned about the Patriots and we know how that all turned out. But do you think there's reason for concern in Los Angeles? Yeah, and you know, I talked about this um, even before the season, watching them in training camp, and I thought that um, offensive line depth, especially in the interior with them, yeah, is lacking. They they lost Roger Saffold, who I think is one of the best guards in the NFL, and they're starting a bunch of guys that just don't have that much experience, and I saw in, in camp with the Raiders that they were having trouble blocking some of the Raiders' interior guys, uh, and, and now it's coming to fruition where you know the running game isn't, as consistent and, and explosive as it once was. And um, Goff is getting pressured up the middle, which um, isn't a good recipe for him just because he's not a guy that's going to be escaping pressure and making all sorts of plays with his legs. Uh, so so it's a concern. I, I think that their defense is better than it, it has been, which is a reason why they started off 3-0. But obviously they laid a big egg against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers who scored 48 points against them. Um, but I, I think – you know, you're allowed to have a fluke game once in a while. I think the Rams' defense is improved, and um, yeah, they'll they'll play better. But they they aren't the same team they they were last year for sure. And, and they have some issues to figure out. And uh, who knows? Maybe towards the end of the year, the year they'll start getting better. But for sure, there is some concern with the Rams, and there's some question marks with um, their team and their depth right now. They have a game Thursday, a big NFC West showdown. Steph, they're going to be playing our favorite, of course, the Seattle Seahawks. And I say our favorite with tons of sarcasm dripping from my voice, even if you can't tell. It's a big NFC West matchup on Thursday um, for you know both of these teams. And I think for the Rams coming off a short, short week, it could be hard to bounce back. And if they find themselves three and two, I think that that then the season changes dramatically for them. So would love to kind of hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, for sure. Now I was going to say that if you are rooting for the Niners, the, the best thing you can root for is a tie between both teams. Right. Um, that way it's, it's kind of like a loss. And I mean, the Cardinals already have it. Um, but so I, yeah, this is going to be a, a tough. You. I think it's funny. <laughs> She's laughing this, with this you. It's going to be a tough. 
Oh, you're okay. I'm glad. I thought you were laughing at me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Never. But uh, no, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but but this is going to be a tough matchup. I think that um, Seattle has a pretty tough defensive line. Um, they have Clowney, who's starting to play well for them. Uh, so I, I could definitely see the Rams losing another one. You know, when you when you go through a game like you go against Tampa Bay, where you know emotions are running high and um, you're just going back and forth, I, I think it could be tough to emotionally recover from that type of game. Um, it, it seemed like they had some nicks in that game as, as well. And as you mentioned, it's going to be a short week. They're going to be playing on Thursday night. Uh, so I think it's just a, a little too much for the Rams to overcome. I think Seattle's playing well right now. And, um, you know, when you're, you're playing these Thursday night games, things are so unpredictable. It helps to have a quarterback like Russell Wilson who could just kind of be that ace and make plays with his legs. So I, I think Seattle's going to end up winning that game. I like Todd Gurley's comment on the game he said, you guys know I think Thursday Night Football is the dumbest thing ever. I can't entirely <laughs> disagree with him. Um, that being said, they still do have to play the game. So I, I agree with you. I think Seattle could very well end up coming out on top on this one. Uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk uh, – well, actually, a lot. We're talking about a whole different team. But I want to talk about the Detroit Lions. Obviously, they lost yesterday but played well against the Chiefs and have not lost the game. They have a tie. You were speaking of ties earlier. They, of course – have a tie. Are they for real? I think they are. You know, I didn't really buy into them too much in the beginning of the season, but just watching them um, in the last few weeks, they're just, they're a very well-coached team. They, they play good special teams defensively. Uh, Matt Patricia is, is a really smart defensive coordinator, comes up with good game plans. They play really fundamentally sound ball. They're, they're really good at forcing turnovers, which isn't an accident. Um, even when Patricia was 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 with the Patriots. They they've always uh, focused on doing turnover drills and uh, it's a big coaching point to, uh, for them to try to rip that ball off and finish with interceptions and fumbles. Um, and you know, offensively they have a lot of weapons. I think they can be a little more imaginative on offense. Uh, but just the fact that they have a lot of weapons and are going to make plays makes that offense dangerous. So um, they're they're a very balanced, complete team. I don't know if they're elite, but I, I think they are a, a dangerous team. I think Matt Patricia has done a, a pretty good job of um, coaching that Lions team teams up and kind of rebuilding them. Steph, what did you see yeah. when you watched them yesterday? Well, I mean, the fact that they held it so close against Kansas City is something that we've really not seen except for last season, you know, in the championship. So this is a big deal. I mean, they really did more than I ever thought that they would. So I felt like they were holding it together, not only on offense, but defense. I was impressed. I, I don't even like when you go against real teams like Kansas city, who has it all, you know, on point, you have to take a look at that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's kind of crazy talking about Kansas city be being held down, they still scored uh, 34 points and 20, 27 was the offense. But that, it's just crazy that when you hold them down, they score 27 points. That's how good Kansas City is right now. But they came back and scored too. I mean, and then the last run. But but my point is that it's tough to do in this league. I mean, Kansas City will make any defense look ridiculous. Yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that it, it's it's just crazy how good they are that, you know, when a defense plays well against them, they still could score 27 points offensively. 
Yeah, I, I think that that's a, a really, really good point, and that does show their offense, and they are, they are a scary offense. They have a big uh, Sunday night game this weekend against the Colts, who I think are you know somewhat better than everybody thought they would be once Andrew Luck retired. Um, not this somebody. I actually did have some confidence in Jacoby Brissett, but it'll that'll be a good matchup. I think Kansas City will come out on top and probably – it probably won't even be close, but on paper, it looks like a decent matchup. Ted, what are your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I like the Colts. Uh, I think they match up with Kansas City actually better than they match up against the Raiders. Uh, Kansas City is more of, you know, they, they like to air the ball out, and they certainly can run the ball too. But, you know, the Raider, one of the Raiders' strengths, and, you know, it's a, the Raiders aren't a great team, but one of their strengths is running the a physical running game, and um, the Colts defense are smaller, quicker, and they're they're not as big, so they got bullied a lot by the Raiders. Uh, I think with Kansas City, they could maybe be able to rush um, Mahomes from the interior and create some pressure. Uh, and they're the def- uh, defense that could you know stop big plays and in the passing game. So I think they could maybe limit Mahomes, but I think a lot of it depends on their health. They were missing three of their. Uh, top players against the Raiders, Malik Hooker was hurt, Darius Leonard was hurt, uh, T.Y. Hilton was hurt. So if they get those guys back, which they they could, I'm not too sure about their medical status, but I don't think their injuries were too serious. If they get them back, um, they could definitely uh, have a chance to make this that Kansas City game more competitive. Speaking of the Raiders, uh, Vontaze Perflicht was suspended for the season after yesterday's hit. Um, that is obviously a, a big blow to the Raiders. Two of their bigger off-season signings were, of course, Burflick, Burf, um, and um, Antonio Brown. Sorry, I stumbled on that, guys. But uh, that's a huge loss, um, but it was it was a bad hit. I saw there was talk on Twitter, was the hit that bad? Was it more because of his past? But pretty serious to get suspended for the season. Uh, what are your thoughts, both of you? Steph, I'll start with you, and then Ted will have you go next. Okay, everyone knows here that I'm a big Pac-12 fan, but before that was a Pac-10 fan. (laughs) And um, this was literally his M.O. This is one of the reasons that he didn't get drafted, in my opinion. I think, you know, when an All-American doesn't even get drafted, there's something to say for that. And this is something that he has a reputation for. I am absolutely not surprised. I'm actually surprised that from the Bengals, he even got someone to pick him up. And then it happens again. I get it. I get why the NFL has to do it. And I'm, I'm like, and I'm not big on player discipline or anything like that, but I get this. I get it. Ted? I have the same take as you. I, I understand that when the Raiders signed him, I wasn't really too enthusiastic about the signing. I was a critical of it because – you know, when you when you sign a guy like this that has that sort of reputation, that has been suspended for games, and the thing is, when he talks about his style of play, uh, he shows no remorse. He says that he's just playing the game the way he knows how to play. So when, when you hear those kind of comments from him, you know that he's not actively trying to change his style of play. That it, he's going to be a risk. One hundred percent. going to be a risk. Sorry, was that? I said one hundred percent. I mean, even after this last mm-hmm. play. He was, like, pointing, like, into the crowd or, like, I don't really remember the, but I remember him, like. Blowing kisses. Yeah, blowing him kisses, tearing the crowd, and I'm like, dude, a guy's down, 
I'm crazy. You know what I mean? And you, like, and you, you knocked him out and you're blowing. And you knocked him out and you're blowing kisses. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't so, speak I mean, well of you know, him in any way, exactly. shape, or form. No, I was going to say, the hit, the hit <laughs> itself was, wasn't terrible. Like, we've seen worse hits before because the tight end was getting up. Um, but at the end of the day, he was the, he was leading with the crown of his helmet. And yeah. this the suspension is based on his history. And they were they warned him about the you know the the punishments getting more severe as they or escalating if he keeps doing it and he just he keeps making these hits and that's what happens and for the Raiders it it stinks because Perfect was good he was a great leader on the team as far as communication and getting the young guys ready to play I saw that in training camp and but then the thing is when you, you depend on players that are are risky acquisitions then and something bad happens then all of a sudden you're in a hole and um, that's what's what's going to happen that's what's happening with the Raiders now and it's but so happening with the Raiders obviously we don't need to go through all the AB stuff all over again but you know you're around the Raiders a lot Ted they've they made some pretty high risk signings that of course are not panning out uh, and I'm just kind of wondering what is the mood there obviously Gruden has the contract that keeps him there till the next millennium but you know, what is the mood there? And with all of these signings backfiring on them, where do you think they go from here? Actually, I actually think that they've done a pretty good job of keeping morale up um, despite all the crazy things that's been happening. With the AB situation, I think the team kind of rallied and, uh, you know, said, we're going to overcome this. AB never wanted to be a Raider. Uh, I think they're taking the perfect news pretty pretty harshly because, you know, he, he was a leader on the team. And um, like I said, he was really helpful. He's a really good teammate. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't expect that. I, you know, just listening to the reputation or following perfect reputation and, and um, you know, seeing all the things that's happened with him. I, I, I admit I kind of came came in with kind of a, a expectation of who he's going to be, but watching him around the young guys and, his, his leadership, he was a great guy to have in the locker room, and losing him will be, will be big. So um, I'm not exactly sure how they're reacting to that now because I'm not with them as they're traveling. Uh, but I imagine that um, it, it, it's bad for morale. And, uh, yeah, I said this before, but um, bad teams depend on these boomer bust acquisitions. Good teams will take those gambles, but they're not dependent on them working out. If they don't work out, the good teams will roll on because they have a backup plan. But with the Raiders – they're just too dependent on these type of moves, right? And they have to get to a, a place where they have a backup plan if they do take these gambles, or they're just not dependent on these gambles uh, working out. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. Time consuming, expensive, so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. 
you'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Blue Wire podcast listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Speaking of a good team that took a gamble and it didn't work out, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about the Patriots' offense. Their defense has been pretty spectacular thus far. Again, we are early Mm -hmm. in the season, but... Are we now looking at maybe the best defense in the league, if not one of the best defenses? I think, you know, the Chicago Bears defense is just pretty lights out. But I think, are we looking at least at the best defense in the AFC? I, I think they're the best defense in the league. The numbers they're putting up are, are pretty crazy. I know they haven't played some great teams yet, but we started seeing their defense play really well in the playoffs last year because mm-hmm. throughout the regular season last year, they weren't really good. And once they hit the playoffs, yeah, you know, they they turned up the pressure. They got sacks, and obviously the Super Bowl was one of the the best defensive performers of all time in the Super Bowl, arguably. And they've carried it on to this season, and they they've been playing well. They they've been blitzing. Uh, they've been getting pressure on quarterbacks. They've been playing a lot of man coverage, and receivers can't get any open space against them. Um, so yeah, I, I I would say they're the best defense in the NFL right now. I I definitely don't disagree with that, Steph. What are your thoughts? I think it's the first time the Pats have actually really been challenged. I mean, with the Bills, and they surprised me. I'll be 100% honest with you. I did not anticipate this happening. But Brady was pressured regularly, and the corners were able to read him like a book. So it led to interceptions, and the fact that it was so close, I'm, yes, they're good, okay? (laughs) it's hard for me to say that but yes they're good but I think that they are a team that can that can be beat I don't know who's going to do it but I do think that but do you agree that they currently have the best defense in the league of course I mean they have the best record I mean if you're a stats guy but I saw things against the Bills that I'm just not like, I thought that this would be, like, a total blowout. I don't know if you agree. But I thought this was going to be a total blowout against the Bills, and it wasn't. And I saw certain things, and I'm like, hey, they're not really accounting for every single thing there. And I I hate the Patriots, so I'm going for the, the other guy, <laughs> obviously. See, I actually disagree a little bit in that I didn't think it would be a blowout. I actually... I think the Bills, uh, as their record has proven, I think are playing better than obviously many of us thought that they would. So I didn't think it would be a blowout, but I I go back to something that we've been talking about the last few weeks about other teams, and at the end of the day, good teams know how to win. And even if Brady was being pressured and they weren't on their A game, they still won on the road in a division matchup with that super strong defense. So I still believe right now that the Patriots are pretty unbeatable. Ted, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I, well, right now they're, um, I agree with you. The bills are much better than people anticipated. Their defense is elite. Josh Allen is 
still not he's not there yet. Yeah. You know, he's still in the second no. year, but he his athletic ability is is you know, you know is shining through in certain occasions. He's he's making up last plays to win them games, but you know the Patriots just know how to take advantage of your weaknesses and. The, Josh Allen still has a lot of weaknesses, and they they exposed in that game. And yeah, the Patriots' offensive line—they're pretty beat up right now. So if you want to, you know, say there's a weakness on the Patriots, it, it is with their offensive line. They um, they're they're trying to get their guys healthy. Isaiah Wind, their left tackle, is supposed to replace uh, Trent Brown, is going to be out for a while. Uh, so yeah, Brady's going to pressure. They're not running the ball the way they're supposed. They 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 have in the past, but they still have weapons on the outside and. They still have Brady, and like we talked about, that defense is going to carry them pretty far, I think, even when the the offense is sputtering like against the Bills. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, the, typically we in the past few years, Patriots have been winning games with their offense, but um, now their defense has gotten to a level where they don't have to score 30 points a game to win a game. They could win a game 16 to 10 in a division game, like you mentioned. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the Patriots right now are just uh, the class of the NFL. And um, right, you know, is is there really anybody that's close to close to them? They're the Super Bowl winners and they're undefeated right now. So it's uh, yeah, they're still the class of the NFL. And I believe they play the team from Washington this weekend. So I I don't um, I don't envision anything changing in terms of their undefeated status and in their ability. To, uh, to show who they are. And as long as I bring that team up, I mean, what a disaster. The, yeah. the Washington Redskins are a complete and unmitigated disaster. I mean, in football terms. But just what an awful football team. I don't really have much more to say about it other than that. And just Sorry, they, are Alex one, Smith. <laughs> they are a terrible football team. And it's, it's in some ways you know, kind of sad to watch for their fans and for their players, but oof, that's yeah. one bad football team, um, which again, is neither here nor there. I just felt the need to share it. <laughs> an obvious analysis there. Um, Steph, <laughs> I want to talk, I want to talk about the Jaguars who okay. pulled out okay. a win yesterday. And then after that, Ted, I want to talk about the Broncos, but let's talk a little bit about the Jaguars that pulled out a win yesterday. Jalen Ramsey, still a Jaguar. Will he be staying a Jaguar? Are they going to figure this out? Honestly, like, I really hope so. I feel like if they actually want to make a playoff run and if they want to play football, they have to find a way to keep Jalen in. At the same time, like, I understand there's a lot of dynamics there. If a player is unhappy, and this is, like, literally a player's league right now, if a player wants to hold out, I mean, look at everyone else they've been able to obtain the trades they want and get the money they want. So, I mean, obviously they can, you know, hold it tight, but it's tough. I mean, as we talked about last week, it has to be the perfect trade. If it makes sense to the Jaguars and when they're out, I think that's when they go. But if not, I think they keep him, and I think that they should make every effort to make him happy, including money, throw the Brings trick, chunk at him. <laughs> Ted, what do you think? I mean, do you think, and we've t- we did talk about this last week, that obviously for the Jaguars right now, while they're still in the hunt, they're not going to want to trade Jalen Ramsey. But 
is there going to be a point where they're forced to, or do you think if they keep on winning and go week after week, this can kind of just go away and he'll stay on the team? Well, you know, based on Ramsey's comments on uh, a podcast he was on last week, he said that two sides, you know, there's disrespect that happened between him and the front office, and he doesn't feel like they could fix that. And, you know, obviously Jacksonville wants to keep him because who doesn't want to keep a young player at the top of the position like Jalen Ramsey? And today, you know, Jason Lacafora reported that the Jaguars turned down an offer of two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey, which is, what people mm-hmm. thought was going to be enough to um, to get him out of Jacksonville. So it seems like Jacksonville really wants to keep him and really want to try wants to try to mend this relationship. And you know, with Gardner Minshew playing well, all of a sudden they're back in the race. So it, it's understandable. But at the same time, if Ramsey really doesn't want to be there, and he he's made it clear that his trade request still stands, and you know, you're getting two an offer for two first round draft picks and this guy is not playing, you know, why wouldn't you trade him for two-round draft, first-round draft picks, which is what you um, were requesting in the first place? Because this could get ugly. This could be a distraction. You're, you, know, you just won the game without Ramsey, and I'm not saying your team will be better, but um, I think if it's going to become a distraction where Ramsey's not going to play and then he's, you know, He's talking outside of the team about wanting to get out of there, um, and he, he's he's not on the field anyways. Uh, you know why would you trade him if you're getting what you're asking for? He's definitely doing everything in his power uh, to to be traded, which I don't blame him if he really wants out of there. I was really surprised to hear that they turned down the offer for two first round draft picks because, like you said, that is what they want, and there are not a lot of teams that are in a position right now to give that up. So I was definitely surprised by that. But I think that it's really important for Jacksonville because if they're really making a run and they're really wanting to be the defensive, you know, powerhouse, they need Jalen Ramsey back. I don't think it's that, like, you know, rocket science. And he is under contract. And hopefully they can make it work with him. So I think they're letting him know that they really want him there. And I don't think that's a bad way to go. No, I don't think it's a bad way to go, but I think Ted makes a really good point. If he's not playing anyway, and he's a distraction and you have the offer, it, it's listen, been there's, it's, it's been, no, for sure. But, you know, it's complicated. It's definitely, it's definitely complicated. It's not, uh, it's not an, an easy issue. There's a lot of gray area there, but, but it will be interesting to see how this develops over the next several weeks. It'll also be interesting to see really how the Jaguars do over the next several weeks, because if they don't continue to play well and they're sooner rather than later, it looks like this season's going to be a wash. I think they do make the trade. Um, but I think that will also, you know, just really depend on how they do as a team and how Minshew continues to play and, um, and kind of goes from there. Uh, they played the Broncos yesterday. I said, Ted, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Broncos are obviously struggling big time. That was a tough loss for them. They can't seem to figure it out at the quarterback position. Um, what is going to happen with this team? Because if they can never get a quarterback, they're going to have a problem. They're in a tough situation. And they just lost Bradley Chubb, their first-round draft yes. pick last year, who is one of their best young players. He's an ACL injury. And, you know, I have a lot of faith in Vic Fangio. I, I, I think he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Um, 100%. You know, and, so I, and the defense isn't playing great right now. Um, 
they're they don't have a lot of talent uh, in their secondary. Um, obviously, we thought their pass rush was going to be a lot better than it is. Um, so they they just don't have a great roster right now. Uh, but what's troubling is their lack of a plan at quarterback. They have Joe Flacco. He's not playing well. Um, you know, but we we all knew. Well, most people thought he wasn't going to play well there. Um, and they have Drew Locke. But, you, you know, I, I watched Drew Locke at the Senior Bowl. I scouted Drew Locke. I watched a lot of his games. I did not think that he's an NFL quarterback. I think he has a long way to go. Similarly, I thought he was a lot similar to pa- uh, very similar to Paxton Lynch. Uh, Vic Fangio said the same thing throughout the offseason. He, he didn't think that, you know, I've never heard a head coach say this about a high draft pick quarterback, but he he, basically, he didn't think he was an NFL quarterback yet either. Uh, so they don't have a great succession plan at quarterback. Uh, it, even if Locke eventually does become good, I don't think that he's at a point during this season where you could put him in and have him functioning in a, in an NFL offense. Uh, so it it's a, it's a rough point to be when you're rebuilding and you don't have a quarterback that you could invest in or you know look at as a piece for a brighter future. So right now things are pretty bleak for the the Broncos. And maybe this is a very simplistic way to look at it, but it it just never ceases to amaze me that John Elway, who was a quarterback and a very good quarterback, cannot figure it out at quarterback. I find that fascinating. And maybe it's a super simplistic way to look at it, but it is something I find fascinating. Kind of a shot. It, it's yeah. You know, sorry, Steph. Go ahead. No, I said it was a shot, but it's a true shot. Yeah, it, it's surprising. Sorry, Ted, what mm-hmm. were you going to say? No, it, it's absolutely true. He's, you know, the, the quarterback that he has, you know, it's, it's a joke on, on NFL Twitter, but he's, it just seems like he just likes quarterbacks that have, um, you know, that fit the, the, the quote-unquote stereotype, tall quarterback that has a strong right. arm. Mm-hmm. And after that, he's not looking at, all the other intangibles, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's hurting the Broncos. I mean, you know, there's so much to playing quarterback, and Elway should know this. He played at a high level. Um, there's so much more that the quarterback needs besides having the physical skill set, um, and he just keeps picking these guys that have high physical upside but not much going on uh, from a mental perspective, and it's hurting the Broncos. Indochino is found on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The best part is that they are affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. The process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit.
We're coming to a point in the show that we call um, Fangirl Says Who's Hot, Who's Not. Steph, I said it correctly this week. That's really maybe the yeah, first time I mean, since we've started this. <laughs> I always seem to do it the wrong way. Um, Fangirl Says Who's Hot, Who's Not, Ted, and we each pick, just as it sounds, who we think is hot and who is not. Would you like to play? Uh, can I participate if I'm not a fangirl? Yes, you can. Because you're on the podcast, okay. say you're an honorary okay. fangirl, and so you absolutely can participate. Um, and I will go. I, I used to make the guests go first, but now I've decided maybe that's not fair. So I will go first, and then, and then Steph, you'll go, and then Ted, you'll go. How does that sound? Is okay. that everybody okay with the order? Perfect. I need some time to think. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So I, my who's hot, who's not, uh, are around a game that we didn't talk a lot about yesterday. It was really was America's game of the week, was the Vikings versus the Bears. Should have been a great game, and um, really the Vikings did not show up. So my who's hot is Chase Daniel, who came in and played great, like not the second coming of Joe Montana, but he played very well, uh, leading the Bears to victory, of course, along with that incredible defense. Who's not is are the Minnesota Vikings, who I believe between Kirk Cousins, Stefan Diggs, and other members of that offense are being paid almost $100 million and cannot seem to score. Kirk Cousins has a terrible record generally against winning teams, and I would say the Minnesota Vikings are not hot. Steph, your turn. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with who's not first. I think it's Vontae Perfect. Okay. Clearly, for really no real explanation needed because you guys all know. And I do think that the Patriots defense are hot, and as it pains me to say it, believe me, because I can't. I was going to say that was big coming from you. That's like the greatest compliment of all time. They they really like knew how to work that offense against a good team and I'm I think they're hot and I'm sorry to say it but hopefully someone beats that. that's what I have to say okay well th- thank you we will take that under <laughs> advisement Ted you are up who's hot who's not uh, I'm, I'm gonna say Matt Patricia the you know the Lions lost yesterday but I think the Lions, I, we mentioned it on podcast, but I think the Lions are a very well-coached team. I think he took a lot of flack last year for certain things that he did. Uh, but the Lions look like a legit team, and a lot of it has to do with Patricia, his coaching, and uh, things that he emphasized. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say Matt Patricia's hot. I don't think maybe any, nobody's ever said that sentence except for uh, Matt Patricia's wife. But uh, <laughs> I'm say Matt hot. We're sorry, Matt uh, Patricia. Excuse me. We we like to speak the truth here on the Fangirl Playbook. Oh my Um, god! And and who's not? Jared Goff is not too hot right now. No. Four turnovers yesterday. Um, you know he just got paid big money. hasn't played particularly well all season. Had a big game yardage wise yesterday, but four turnovers is just too much for any team to overcome. And, um, you know, just as, as a quarterback who just got paid, not a great look for him right now. I, I do have faith in golf. I think eventually he's going to figure it out. Uh, but he's not playing very well right now. Well, I have some food for thought on golf that we can take into next week's podcast. You both are welcome to comment now. He, he had a tough loss in that Super Bowl. He's a young quarterback who had a really 
tough loss. And sometimes I wonder, and again, this may sound really simplistic and many people may tell me I'm an idiot, but that's okay. I'm going to say it anyway. Sometimes I wonder how those games affect you long-term mentally. And I think we've seen it with other players and quarterbacks. So it will be interesting to see as the season goes on. I do agree with you, Ted. I think he will get it together. I think, you know, that offensive line shores up a little bit and I think he will do better. But I think we have seen this season. He certainly is not playing at his best. He looks a little bit more like the Jared Goff we saw pre-McVay. And I do think that's reason for concern for the Rams. (laughs) So I'm going to say that. Feel free to comment or to just say, we'll see about that in the coming weeks. Feel free to uh, comment free and watch Cal football. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's totally Cal football. Yeah, we'll see. Ted, do you have any thoughts on that before we let you go? No, you, you just agree with all my points, so um, <laughs> you know, not much to add. Well, there, well you know what? <laughs> that We like to end here on a high note. We've called Matt Patricia hot. And we've agreed, and here we, and then we can move forward into the week. Ted, thank you so much for joining us today on Fangirl Playbook. I was very proud to have you on, and you are a great sport for Fangirl Says, so we appreciate that as well. We'll see you on the Twitters, and we will talk to everybody else next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. All right, see you.